0: What comes to your mind when the word refuge is said? What does it mean for the Lord to truly be our refuge? Let's talk about that today on the THP Online Community. Hello and welcome to the THP Online Community Podcast. I'm Dallas, I'm so glad you hit the play button today, whether you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Thank you so much for being part of our THP Online Community. In today's podcast, Carlos joins us to talk about how the Lord is our refuge and the dynamics of it, how it's even a, there's a family dynamic to that concept of the Lord being our refuge. It's a really interesting conversation. I really want to encourage you to lean in and listen intently. I also want to invite you to reach out to us on our social media platforms or email us at mediahub at thbstreeport.com and let us know how this message has encouraged you and challenged you. If you like more information about the healing place or like to learn how you can support the ministry of the healing place, visit our website thpstreetport.com. All that being said, let's get into today's message.
1: Hi, THP online community. I'm so glad that you chose to tune in with us today and just and, and join us to hear what the Lord is doing. It's inciting times. Um it can be challenging times, but we're excited in this time and what the Lord is doing and what the Lord is saying. I'm just praying that you have open heart and open ears to hear what the Lord is saying today. Um, I'll I'll promise you, I'll do my best to try to convey what the Lord has given me. And I'm hoping that that'll bless your life. You have your Bibles, you have your, your apps, whatever. We want to look at Psalm 46, verse one. That's where our promise is coming out of. If you're a title person, I call this the place where you belong. And, and, you probably heard or seen this verse before but I want to I want to come at it from a little bit of a different angle. All right, remember why we're doing this. That's why I started. Remember why we're doing this. We're trying to instill the promises of God in our, in our spirit. That's what that's what we've been doing all year. We've been talking about the promises of God, how they are yes and amen, and that God works through us and his promises are fulfilled, and that the benefits of that come into our life by us believing in God and his promises. And we, we're trying to instill the promises of God into our spirit to water the good soil of faith. And I heard somebody say this, and it really, it really affected me. It's, he said, um, it's maybe a couple of weeks ago, I was listening to a, a gentleman on the radio. He said something that really stuck out to me. He said that faith believes the promise, but our obedience claims the promise. We want you to have faith, and we want you to believe in the promises of God. But there's a part that we play in that. Our obedience is what claims their promise. Our obedience to that promise is what brings the power of that promise into our lives so that it can play out and it can bear the fruit that God has purposed it to do. So God is God is faithful. He's, he's made his promises. Now, through understanding the Word, I want us to to in our obedience to have that thing be fruitful in our lives. So look at me in Psalm 46, verse 1. Now, before we get into the word, before we get into that verse, I want to define a couple of things that are relevant to what we're trying to say here and what the verse is trying to say in Psalm 46. One, I want to define the word refugee. I know that word has been a bit politicized. It's been kind of abused. But by definition, the word refugee means one that flees, especially a person who flees to a foreign country or power to escape danger or persecution. This word came directly from the French word that actually referred to Protestants who fled France during the revocation in 1865. It's actually pretty close to the French word that it came from. Also, this helps us to understand the root word for refugee, which is refuge. A refuge is a condition of being safe or sheltered from pursuit, danger, or trouble. This is going to play directly into our word, directly into our verse, that we understand a, a, a refugee, somebody who's fleeing danger or somebody has to displace himself to get away from persecution or to escape something. And, 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 uh, and our refuge, a place that the refugee is fleeing to, is a, it's a state of being sheltered or being safe from that pursuit or from that danger. And this helps us to understand the imagery that our text is trying to convey. It forces us also to acknowledge a very urgent circumstance that our text is talking about. All right, you guys ready? We're going to go ahead and read Psalm 46 verse one. It said, God is our refuge in strength, a very present help in trouble. Read that again. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. All right, I want to start by talking about a clear and present danger. Let's, Let's make a let's make some clarity in the text. The text identifies two people. It identifies God and it identifies us. And, and all it does, is it takes and puts in a relationship. It makes a relationship between God and us. We're just present here. But the Bible says that, that God is our refuge. In other words, that condition of being safe or being sheltered away from pursuit or from danger is God in this sense. And he's a very present help in trouble. God isn't the absentee landlord. He's not somewhere distant. He's not far away. God is present in the help of trouble. Now in order for us to need refuge, there must first be danger. Do you agree with me? Our, if, if we need to, if the Bible says that God is our refuge, then what is he our refuge from? That must mean that there's some sort of danger. Or there's something that that those who are needing of refuge, us being the refugee, is trying to flee to. Well, we're going to talk about that. There is a threat. John chapter 15, verse 18 and 19 says this. If the world hates you, you must know that it hated me before it hated you. If you are of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, yet, but yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. This is Jesus, and He's talking to His disciples, and He's talking to those that are that are listening to and hearing Him at this time. But also, this extends to us as world well, as well. That that the world, if you and you can see in our society today, the world is 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 diametrically in opposition to the things of God. And you can rest assured that if if it if it is. Opposed to the things of God that it also opposes those who follow God. And this is what Jesus was trying to convey to the ears of this listener. He was saying that, that it's not that just the world hates you, but it hated me first. The things that Jesus came to teach, the things that Jesus came to iron out. Remember that Jesus came to deal with the with the primary issue of all the of humanity, all of mankind, of all of the, of the fallen world is sin. Jesus came to address it. He came to deal with that. And there's going to be resistance there when we come when it comes to to, to dealing with sin and to trying to iron those things out and trying to straighten out those rough patches in life. And, and Jesus said, if the world hates you, it's because they hated me first. And that he chose us out of the world, that Jesus, here here you get the picture of his disciples that were going about their daily lives, that were going about the things that they were doing, and Jesus reaches into their lives and pulls them out of, out of their familiar, out of their norm, and puts them into a place to now where their life is different. Now the will of God is in their life. In order for them to accomplish the will of God, there are some very serious things in this current world that they're going to have to resist and have to come against themselves. They're going to have to be opposed to what is already seen as the norm by most of the people around them. And Jesus is warning them and warning us that because I chose you out of the world and the world hates you, what that does is that makes you in opposition to the world. And gonna, the world hated him, excuse me. The world hated Jesus. What that does is that puts us on the side with him, and that puts us in opposition with the world as well. He's doing this so that they won't be discouraged, but he's also doing this so that, he that their disciples and us by extension understands that that we're in the same, we're in the same fight with the Lord. We're in the same, we're in this, we're on this in this battle together. And that speaks more back to how the Bible talks about him being our refuge and our strength. It's that there is a clear and present danger. It's that the world is opposed to the things of God. We can see that in our in our society. Let me make clarity on the wor- when I say the world. Now, when I say the world, I'm not talking about the earth. I'm not talking about you know, the planet Earth. I'm talking about the system that this world, that the fallen world itself, we know that the world is fallen because of sin. The system that the world operates in because of this fall is now rooted and grounded in sin. It's rooted and grounded in the natural things that are, that are, that are conditional and in the flesh and that, that mankind wants to do. And because of the fall, because of sin, our desires by default are sinful. And Jesus came to deal with that. The whole plan of redemption, the whole reason that the word of God is given to us is so that God can reach down from where he is and reach into our life. But to do that, he has to deal with sin. And the world is 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 captured by this. The Bible even calls the devil the God of this world. Now, like I said, that doesn't mean that he's the God of the earth, but the current system, the way that the way that the institutes of men operate, the way that our desires operate, the way that that just just things that are just plain old outgrowth of humanity operate. They operate in sin because we are sinful. So when I say the world, that's what I mean when I'm talking about the world. The world is in opposition to the things of God. And that's what Jesus is trying to say. He said, hey, if you're going to follow me, the reason that you're going to need refuge, the reason that you're going to need a place to retreat to, a place to come to, is because you're going to go out into the world. You're going to do my will. You're going to try to live right. You're going to try to do the things that are that are given to you in my word. And when you do that, you're going to be in opposition to the things that are around you. And that's why we have to understand that we're going to need a refuge. The Bible talks about in 2 Timothy chapter 3 that if anyone desires to live godly, they'll suffer persecution. Now, this is a time in the early church Paul is talking to Timothy. But when we're talking about persecution, it's not like what we see here in America. We're talking about people whose lives were in actual, very, very lives were actually in danger because they chose to be a follower of Jesus. I mean Timothy, his, his mother was a follower, his grandmother was a follower, but his father was a Greek and an unbeliever. So there's the there's this division there in that in the early church world in, in the Roman Empire there and then that in that society where if you were seen as a follower of Jesus, in fact the Romans, because people who followed Jesus didn't worship Caesar, didn't see Caesar as a God, the Romans actually called Christians atheists. They, they, they literally would would call on on believers to, ren- to renounce the other atheists, and they were talking about Christians. And they called Christians atheists because they wouldn't worship Caesar. They wouldn't see Caesar as a god. And so here in this context of, of Paul speaking to Timothy, he's saying, you know what, if anyone's going to live godly, guess what? That, that's going to put you in a place to where you're opposing the things that are natural to this world the things that this world thinks are all okay, their relative morality, their, their sense of, of prosperity, their sense of what they might think success is, what they might think is okay. That, that may not necessarily be what goes on in the heart of a believer because our directives are coming from God. And we know that the directives that come from God are higher and above the thoughts of men and women. So, so just knowing that first and foremost, if we need refuge, what do we need refuge from? We need refuge from the fact that this world is opposed to the things of God. And when we live our life, we have to think about that. And I know sometimes that's a harsh reality. We have to think about the fact that we live in a society that is in opposition to the things and the thoughts of God. Now, the next thing I want to talk to you about is our true identity now I believe so. I believe in purpose. I believe that that where I am and where I worship the people I am around um, here at THP it's just it's there's a purpose in there that God knows why I'm here. He knows why about seven years ago God had me walk through the doors of THP and my family came here and we settled in on the things of God and we got connected to what the Lord was doing here and one of the things that that really really, Connected me to what, to what God was doing is that this church here at, at the Healing Place, and you've heard this before. There, there's a vision, it's a very simple three word vision that we ascribe to here. It's called "Be No Do." If you haven't heard it, then just just scroll through any of our scroll through any of our Facebook feed, or if you're watching this on YouTube, just go right to the go to the video section and type in "Be No Do." I guarantee you, you'll find something. Now, be no do what we're talking about when we when we say that this is the vision at THP is. We said we want you to be who God created you to be, know what the Lord is saying, and to do that. And that very and they're in that order for a reason. And that very beginning of that that be speaks to our identity. I want you to know that when you're born again, the Bible says that former things are passed away; all things are new. That when you're born again, God doesn't just save you from sin. He doesn't just, you know, forgive your sin. He actually changes your identity. He changes who you are. You become a completely new creation. The Bible says new creature or new creation. God takes away what's old and makes you something, something different. And he, he changes your identity. And as believers, our starting point is our identity. And it is always founded in Christ. Always founded in Christ. Everything that we do, the launching point, everything that, we, that, we, that comes out of our life as a believer, our launching point, that should come out of our identity in Christ. Now I'm telling you if you miss this then you then there are so many other caveats in your life that you're gonna find yourself just going in all kinds of different directions if you don't operate in the in your identity first and foremost is Christ everything that follows in, follows behind that is going to be off center and 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 I say this now I want you to understand this when I say this is this is one of the central things I want you to get out of what I'm saying here now I say this because as as, as I watch and, and observe believers and people to follow Christ and what they're doing in their life, I want you to understand I'm saying what I'm going to say next because I love you. Like I said, our as believers, our starting point is our identity, and our identity is always in Christ. But we cannot be properly rooted in Christ if we are constantly entangled in the world. Remember when I said the world, that system of how it operates? I mean, you can look at anywhere from the culture to, to, to whatever. I mean, just turn on, open up the internet. You can see examples of the world. You can see examples of how the world thinks, how the world operates, what it thinks is okay, what it thinks is right, what it thinks about you and how you should raise your family and how you should live your life. You know, there are directives that come toward you from the world all over the place. But if you're going to live as a Christian, and Jesus made it clear in the passage we read earlier, that the world hates him. The world hates your master. The world is not a fan of the one that we follow. And if we're going to be properly rooted in Christ, if we're going to act as children of God, we're going to act in our identity of Christ, we can't do that if we are constantly entangled with the world. It's just not possible. The Bible talks about that. Second Timothy, again, you back up to chapter two, verses three and four, Paul uses this analogy of of an enlisted soldier. and He says, you know what? Anybody that enlists himself, basically in the army, no, they can't. They can't please the one that enlisted them if they're constantly entangled with their affairs of this life. I spent six years in the military, and that's a very real thing. As a military member, you have to be prepared to fulfill your duties as, as a, I was an airman, as a soldier, as an airman, as a Marine, as a Coast guardman, You have to be prepared to fulfill your duties. And in order to do that, you have to have your affairs together. You can't get lost in bad relationships. You can't get lost in money. We would get in trouble, and we have to go see our first sergeant if we were in debt. Because we weren't, we weren't able to properly respond or be deployed or give ourselves to the mission. And we had like a lot of debt hanging over our head. Or we had a lot of things that were holding us back. And that's what I'm trying to get us to understand. That if we're going to be grounded and rooted in our identity in Christ, we can't be entangled with a world that hates Christ. It's so important for us to understand that. It's so important for us to look. And I'm not trying to get you to be critical, but I'm trying to get you to be godly, to look from the mind of Christ, and understand that this world, it it's rooted in in sin. And Jesus Christ came to deal with sin. And so we have to take that seriously. So when we look at the things that are in the world, we look at that the habits and the and the motives and the and the the morality and the desires and what the ambitions of the worlds are. We have to make sure that we understand that we can't be entangled with those things. So we're going to follow Christ. James chapter four, verse four, verse four says this can be a little bit of a, of a, of a harsh word. James four, four says this, you adulterous people. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God or opposition with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Remember, God didn't want to set it up this way. The world decided that it hated God. And so now when we, by extension, try to be a friend of the world, we're in, we're in, 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 in almost in, in a picture, we're almost kind of changing sides. That makes sense. We're almost, we're almost making the decision to change sides. And so James said there, if you wish to be a friend of the world, you're, you're, you're you're crossing over a line, and you're you're essentially saying I'm going to be on the side that that is the enemy to my master, and that makes, and you put you're positioning yourself to be an enemy of God. I'm not saying you can't have relationship with people. I'm not saying that you can't you can't have friends, families, and I understand that we have to be in the world, even though we're not of the world, we have to interact with people. But what we can't do is we can't share the values of the world. We can't share the the motives and the and the ideas that come out of the world because those ideas are opposed to the to the ideas of God. And God is the one who's righteous. He's the one that's holy. He's the one that bears truth. First John chapter 2, verse 15 says this: Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. There can't be room for both. We can't have great affection for the things that that grieve the Lord for the attitudes and the actions and the desires that are opposed to the word of God. We can't have room for that in our hearts and still have room for the love of the father in us. We can't be attached to the world and attached to the things that, that, that are, that are sinful in this nature and still, still, still feel like we're attached to, to, to God. You no, know, when I got married, there were things that I had to give up in my life in order to cleave to my wife. And I can't say we we're, we're here here, honey, while I'm at work or while my other places, I'm going to live this life. And then I'm going to come home to you and we're going to live our life like we're married. And that's so important for Christians to understand, especially in these times where there's so much external pressure that's being put on us by the world, by the Internet, by whatever, by fat. all of these things can bring the noise of the world into our life. But we need to keep our minds and our eyes focused on God. It is our duty to as his faithful to abandon the system of the world and to flee to the refuge of the kingdom. And say, so God is not going to force you to make this choice. That we that he is our refuge, our strength. He is our present help. But God is not going to force us as refugees from this world to come to him for refuge. It's incumbent upon us to use that, to take advantage of the opportunity that God has given us, to find refuge in him, to find our place in Christ. The good thing is about it that it's a family affair. See, in Christ, we have more than just a residence in the kingdom. Romans chapter 8, verses 14 to 15 says this. I'm sure you heard it before, very familiar. For as many as us are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, But you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if heirs, then if children then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with them, there's that being the enemy of the world side, that we may also be glorified together. There's your refuge. See, the kingdom of God is a family affair. You're not just, you just don't have a place as a refugee in the refuge of the kingdom. You're adopted as a son or as a daughter. You're family in the kingdom of God. You're not just being put out of your home country. You're not... Coming into the kingdom of God on this rescue raft, or in this caravan, or or in this thing that you would think of of, of a refuge, refugee being forced out somewhere. You're not coming. In, you're not coming in like that. You're coming into the kingdom of God by way of the cross as a son or a daughter of God. I'm sure most of you've heard the story of the prodigal son. The prodigal son had a home and a place in the house of the father. But he decided to go out and use his resources out in riotous living. He decided to go out and to do the things that he shouldn't do, things that were opposed to the will of his father. And there was a point in his life after he had spent all of his resources and he had to take, he had to take a job, you know, feeding pigs, which the Jews considered unclean, an unclean animal. He had to take this lowly, embarrassing, humiliating position in his life where something in his mind clicked. He's like, you know what? I'm a son, I have a father. I don't have to be in this place. I don't have to be in this position. I can I can go back to my father. And when I go back to my father, he goes, he's, I can see him rehearsing this whole thing in his mind. And he's like, you know, he, 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 you read it, he goes through this whole spiel and he's rehearsing this whole thing. And he's going to, this is what I'm going to say to my father. And he gets it. And I think he gets about halfway through it, man. And his father falls on his neck and he's like, you know what? It's time to bring my son back home. And he didn't bring them in just as a refugee. He just didn't, didn't just you know, wash them up and clean them up and put them in the back. He brought them in back in as a son as if he never left. See, your refuge is where you belong. And in the kingdom, you belong to God. And there has to be a point in our life where we have to come to ourselves and say, you know what? This world isn't it. My place is with my father. My place is in the kingdom that's far greater than this world could ever offer. And sure, there are going to be trouble. There's going to be difficulties. There's going to be things that are that are hard. That's going to be pain. You know what? I, pain is our body's response to the fact that there's something wrong. And if you experience pain in this world, that's because there's something wrong. You don't belong here. You belong in the family of God through Jesus Christ. If you've made that decision, maybe you haven't made that decision to accept Jesus Christ. If so, then you're in an abusive relationship with the world and the father's calling out to you today for you to be for you to be joint heir, joint heirs with Jesus Christ, to be called a son or a daughter of God. And your refuge is in Christ, and you can flee the world. You can leave this mindset, the troubles and the weights and the burdens that come with falling the world, and you can be founded in Christ. And you could be a son and daughter, and there's a greater kingdom that's waiting for you. Jesus told us that in his father's house, there are many mansions, that he goes and he prepares a place for us. God's prepared a place for you today. You're a refugee. Maybe you're feeling the pressure and the weight of all the things that are going around, going on around us in 2020 and 2021, and you feel like you just want to crawl and hold and hide somewhere. Can I tell you to be hidden in Christ? And God will give you peace, and he'll give you perspective, and he'll give you understanding, even in suffering. And what it means to be a child of God and you can have peace because the kingdom is your inheritance and your portion and you're a child of God. I want to invite you to flee the world, to flee the trouble and the pain of the world and find refuge in Christ, that he is our refuge, he is our strength, that he is a very present help in trouble. Will you pray with me? I want to pray with you. Pray with me. God, let's thank you for the wonderful people that are here this in this online broadcast. For the people that you purpose to be saved and to follow you, Lord, and to to have their mark in their heart and in their spirit and in their actions and in their behavior of of Christ in their life. To have that in their life and to have it show out in their life because you're dwelling in them, God. And I'm just asking right now, Lord, everyone that's that's suffering, everyone, Lord, that has found themselves in a place of trouble that they would be found in Christ today. Help us to make those decisions, Lord, to follow you, to, to be led by you, to be led by your spirit, God. I was asking for the grace of God to, to wrap up all those that hear this message. God, if there's repentance necessary, bring the repentance of the Holy Ghost, Lord, that we can turn from the world and we can turn to you, Lord. Lord, and as we do that, give us understanding, God, on what you're doing and that we could find a place, a safe place, a refuge in Christ and i ask it all today in jesus name amen and amen and i thank you god for joining us and may god richly bless you and if and if and if this message touch you reach out to our media team and 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 let let them know how the lord has blessed you through this online ministry